Harrison and welcome to the Geary Cast on Sport Direct Radio. Once again, I'm joined by Chris Marquez and making his Geary Cast debut this week, Dimmy Holster. Uh, so I'll go to Chris. Yeah, excellent. We're glad to have you here, Dimmy. Um, we'll go to Chris first before we learn a bit about Dimmy. How are you doing, Chris? How did you enjoy your first podcast last week? It was great. Didn't like my own voice, but I think that's something I need to get used to. You have a, you have a lovely voice. Um, just we should say, just in case, in regards to sound quality, Chris is actually on holiday at the moment. And um, where are you again, Chris? Remind us. Uh, I, uh, the idea was to go to Spain, but that got cancelled. Um, and now we are in the south of Holland, in Brabant. And I'm sitting in a garden because I have a one-year-old mm-hmm. who's screaming the whole day because he's very excited. Yeah. And I'm trying not to get uh, bitten or attacked by goose because okay. they are here and they are pretty aggressive. <laughs> well, yeah, so if you hear a wild goose in the middle of recording... Um, there's an explanation. We thought we'd clear that early doors. But um, going to um, our debutant today, um, Dimmy. So, Dimmy, how, well, how are you doing, first of all? That's very rude of me. How are you? <laughs> I'm doing great, Matt. Thanks. Are you? Yeah, I'm doing great. I've got my sidekick with me again and my bottle of Victoria, so I'm, I'm happy. Um, so, we spoke, me and Chris, last week. We did, like, a section where we explained how on earth we've come to be found on a well, doing a Malaga podcast together, um, and obviously, well, I won't say where you are. Um, what, what's your story? What, what are you doing here? What I'm doing here, um, Chris invited me for the podcast um, back in the days. Um, Chris took me to my first Malaga match. It was against Sevilla, and I fell directly in love with uh, the club uh, Malaga. Okay. Who are, we should say, who, who are your first love? Because I know you have another uh, two. Okay. Is my first love. Okay, um, so you're you're fairly local to there, aren't you? If I remember rightly, locally. Yep. Because it's almost uh, twenty five kilometers from uh, the Kuipov. So excellent. Because uh, I, I think we've spoke before where I said I've got a little bit. I quite like Feyenoord because I've been to their ground. Um, they're, they're cool fans. I was, I was also very tempted to turn this into a very different podcast because um, you you know my favorite footballer. Of all, you actually know my favourite footballer of all time. I know. Um, Ferry Bodder that played for Swansea. How, how do you know him again? Just remind me. Um, he's a, a football trainer coach at the amateur club where I'm also a football trainer coach. So jealous. So that's why I know uh, your legend. Yeah, yeah like literally my favourite footballer ever. But um, I did ask, could we just do a podcast about Ferry Bodder? But I, I think only. <laughs> Only certain people would be interested, but if but if he's up for that, let me know. But anyway, back to Malaga because this is a Malaga podcast. Um, what you said, you fell in love quite quickly. What what do you think it was that made you fall in love with Malaga Football Club so easily? Club the football. Like, <laughs> Club the football. Yeah, yeah. sorry. Um, it was like the same because everybody in my uh, surroundings, it's all Barcelona or Real Madrid, mm-hmm. everything like that. But there are very a tourist club yeah. because they are making a lot of money because of the tourists and by Malaga you have directly the family feeling on, on the tribune and around in the city uh, yeah that's why um, just to be honest it was the beer it was also the beer <laughs> well I was just about to ask you because um, Chris asked me last week um, what, what do I usually drink around um, La Rosaleda what's your, what's your drink of choice on a match day 
Um, it will be Sprite with Jack Daniels. Oh wow! Okay, that is a bit different. Mm -hmm. No, no Victoria. Also Victoria, but oh. most of the times it will be Sprite with Jack Daniels. Yeah. Okay. That. That. Okay. That. That, that sounds. So like if a... if they listen from Jack Daniels, <laughs> you always can send a box over. Yeah. Which, well, I've mentioned. <laughs> That's my life. <laughs> Um, I've mentioned Victoria a couple of times already. We're de desperate to get some sponsorship here, it sounds like, anyway. Um, <laughs> so, um, on today's show, um, it's going to be a little bit similar to last week. First of all, we're, um, well, being Malaga Club de Football. I'm determined not to say football club, so I'm going to keep saying that. Um, of course, there's lots of news off the pitch, as there, are, as there is every single week. So, we'll be looking at some of that again. Um, Altani versus the administrator, I suppose, will be the headline there. And we'll talk a little bit about some other things that have cropped up during the week. Uh, then we'll talk about the season restart and the the sort of the new setup of Spanish football and I suppose football across all of whole of Europe with empty stadiums and how that could affect Malaga. And then I'm sure we'll look at the game itself and talk a bit about the Huesca game. And I'm sure, again, we'll be talking about that man, Okazaki, who we spoke about. Hold, um, it, hold it right there, Matt, because oh. I have a little surprise. Okay. Is Okazaki with you on holiday with the goose? Uh, no, because I love to eat sushi with Okazaki. Okay. But you remember last week I asked you if you knew the Okazaki song made by Francis Rumba Moore. Yes, I did, but I, I didn't. I don't think we mentioned it on the podcast because I was terrified you might make me try to sing it. But I do know the song, yes. And you said yes, but I don't remember the lines. Blah yeah. blah blah. Yeah. I have a surprise for you, okay. especially for the Giri cast. Okay. Here he is, Francis Pumba Moore. Hola, Girica, soy Francis Pumba Canto la canción de los Okasaki, Okasaki, Oka, 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 Okasaki, el imperio del sol, a la costa del sol, vino a verlo todo nuestro equipo, que maneja el balón en nuestro ídolo, Oka, 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 Okasaki, 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 Oka, 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 Okasaki. Esta es tu afición, entra te arropará, te ayuda a meter golazos, y tú serás en nuestro Málaga. Oca, 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 ocas aquí, ocas aquí, ocas aquí, oca, 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 ocas aquí, ocas aquí, ocas aquí, oca, 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 ocas aquí. Hola, Virita, soy Francis Lumbamo, te canto la canción de lo aquí, del imperio del sol a la costa del sol, vino a verlo todo nuestro equipo, que maneja el balón en nuestro ídolo, oca, 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 aquí, oca, aquí, oca, aquí, oca, 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 aquí. <laughs> wow, that was well. That was awesome, and um, I did notice the shout out to the Giri cast in there. Um, 
maybe we, sh we should explain a bit, Chris. Who, who is this man? I, I'm I'm well aware, but maybe explain to some, perhaps some listeners who don't know. Yes, Francis Brumamor, probably one of the most famous Malaga supporters uh, at the moment because of his Okazaki song. He's famous uh, for making for, for yeah, he went viral. Yeah. Uh, last summer with the Okazaki song through whole Malaga, he got invited by the players and the staff <laughs> to, uh, to 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 play the song for Okazaki real life, and he did that. And he's a he's a he's a great artist, great songs. Um, he does songs of all the players. Yeah. And he's a very good person. Yeah, he's, he's, he's like you said, he's a club legend. I love that. I, you know, thank you to that man for. Um, dedicating a song to us is very, very much appreciated. Um, I'm just, I'm just glad you didn't ask me to sing it. Um, I, I saw, <laughs> I picked up some of the lyrics to it, but um, I, I don't exactly know what the whole content of the song was. But that seems a good place to um, leave our introduction and go into. Well, I don't know if it is a good place now because that's such a happy song about Okazaki, and now we're going to talk about Altani. It's a Right, sudden change of mood, but there you go. We shall move on to the next part. Okay, so we're back to probably my least favorite part of these podcasts, uh, talking about Al Tani, but it it has to be done. I just said to um, just said to Dimmy, is there anything he would like to talk about in detail in this part? And and what, how did you reply, Dimmy? I hate Al Tani. Go. That's. I think that's all we need to say, and we can scrap this part then. But that would be. I'd be happy with that. But sadly, there's a there's a lot more news to cover. So, um, first of all, we'll go to I think the the repayment yeah, the I can't say it repayment plan that was uh, forced on Altani, and he and he's got a plan now, Chris. Um, what do you think of his plan, and can you maybe explain it a little bit? I can explain it. Uh, let me first say that I'm so done with this man. I hope he leaves the club sooner, uh, to, uh, tomorrow. What do I say? Next, in, in the next hour, I hope he leaves the club. <laughs> it's awful, everything he's doing. And still he thinks he's the president of, of, of Malaga. He's, he's loved, he's the best man ever. No, I'm done with him, to be honest. But uh, let me tell you. Uh, his plan to pay for the payment is 30,000 euros a month and uh, paying that amount he would be done paying in 15 years it's a total amount of 5.3 million euros so you can understand that we are quite uh, upset with uh, Altani uh, this week and last week and last year and last, last two years last three years I'm done with him well, you say, like, yeah, I read this too, that it's probably going to take, well, if this plan goes through the way it should, it will take 15 years for him to pay back the money that he's taken out of the club when actually the club, they don't really have 15 weeks, do they, to sort of try and save themselves. They've probably got less, you know, they've just got a few weeks. So it does absolutely nothing to help the club there. Um, um, is there any way that can be appealed against or do you think that that is nailed on that that's going to happen? Um, of course, the APA, the, the group of little shareholders, not because they're little, but <laughs> because they have a small amount yeah. of uh, Minority of shareholders. Um, uh, they made a petition uh, at the judge, 
asking to uh, how do you call it to take his goods away from him? Yeah, like his yeah his goods, I suppose. Yeah, his, um, yes. um repossess like property and um, yes, his shares. Repossess. I think was mentioned as well. And... Um, but only the uh, possessions he had says on Spanish uh, grounds. Yeah, that's so right. that's not much actually because probably it will be only his shares, mm -hmm. and that would be great actually because he holds fifty one percent of Malaga's shares, and if they can take away shares, that would mean that he probably would have less shares than. Blue Bay does. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then, but we didn't really talk about them last week, Chris. And I still, uh, my understanding of them is still not. Um, I, I still don't fully understand them. Can we perhaps say what what is Blue Bay? Because some people might not know. Maybe Blue Bay is a big uh, hotel uh, company, um, which bought the forty nine percent of the shares of Malaga Club de Football. In 2013 14, mm -hmm. if I remember it correctly, yeah, I think that's uh, for the amount of one euro, but they would cover, would take, they would take care of the um, how do you call it, the money, um, debt Malaga owed, yeah, yeah the, the debt, debt. Yeah. the Malaga debt, uh, and they would take control over the club. But Altani found a way. To when when they when Malaga Club de Football was safe to get those uh, shares back to his uh, in his possession, so he kind of used Blue Bay, yeah. and now after loads of lawsuits, uh, they have finally the 49 percent they uh, they own. Yeah, so um, you've mentioned um, the judge, and um, that brings us on nicely to our. Administrator, um, uh, Mr. Munez, or Senior Munez, I suppose. Uh, I can't remember his first name. Maria Munez, isn't it? Um, but anyway. uh, his first name is Jose Maria yeah. Munoz. Yes, I've got most of it right. Um, so yesterday he did um, a, I suppose, a press conference. Although I think they said it's not a press conference um, to some some of the press in La Rosaleda about. Well, basically about what's going on at Malaga, and he hoped to answer a few questions and outline his his plan, basically, which I think we spoke about his plan quite a bit last week, and he spoke for an hour yesterday. But um, before before he even got the chance to do his press conference, Altani sent a <laughs> he sent like a, a list of questions to him for the press conference, which included things like um, why is Pelissier's contract being renewed. Um, what else have we got? He hadn't. He why hadn't they asked players to lower wages? As if you know that squad's already on a pretty low wage. Uh, he questioned the closure of the club shops and why that had happened. Um, and again, we talked about you know the ridiculous losses they were making last week. Uh, he again he criticised the sale of Antonin by sort of saying he'd just been given away, but. Um, what what did what did uh, Senor Munez have to say in his press conference? Because it sort of was a press conference, wasn't it? What did he have to say? Yes, he, he he actually he didn't give answer to any of the questions Altani asked. The position of uh, a Senor Munoz is a difficult one because um, in a lawsuit, and I'm no no judge, not a not a lawyer. It's uh, from what he said, it's difficult to uh, give information. 
because if he gives the wrong information, it would it could affect the the lawsuit and uh, put in danger everything the judge, the police, the APA, and Senor Munoz uh, are working for, and that is uh, getting Altani out of Malaga and far away from Spain. Yeah, so that that like I think even even Altani um, has come out I think this afternoon and question um, well not question he's criticised Munoz and said his press conference yesterday was empty and didn't really answer anything. But um, uh, of course, because you don't want uh, <laughs> because you don't want uh, to let Altani benefit from the words he said. Of course, in um, the press conference. So that's why it, it was a bit an empty. I I can understand that, but though he he said some some good things. Yeah. Uh, for example, he uh, talked about the feminine team uh, and announced that was a big announcement. Yeah, yeah. That the Malaga feminine team has a new coach, and that is Nati Gutierrez, which I think is the best option because she 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 is ex player of the Malaga uh, feminine team. She worked as assistant. She worked with the youth. And and she's just Malaga in 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 the bones. So, oh, I like that Malaga in the bones. In English, we'd probably say in the blood, but I think I like in the bones. That sounds even sounds even stronger. Um, uh, I don't know. <laughs> no, I, I, I like just, it. I like I it. I just came up with it. Yeah, no, well, let's use it instead of saying in the blood. Bones sounds a bit a bit more, you know, a bit but more rooted. About a few other things, that's the restructuring, and that that was one thing that that got me worried, because um, he said when he, he that he noticed when he arrived that there was a lack of uh, on on communication and uh, bad communication between several departments uh, of the club, and um, he gave an example of cutting the grass that. Uh, one department that that a lot of departments had different opinions on cutting the how to cut the grass, so I found that strange. <laughs> yeah, no, that's strange. Um, a couple of other bits of news to cover. Then um, last week we mentioned uh, Munez, but Louis Louis Munez this time, our midfielder, and uh, da- David Lomban and Aaron Niguez all agreeing to stay till the end of the season. I think that's them all. There might have been one more actually. But um, this week, they've agreed, uh, well, Armando Sadiku's agreed to stay and Buena Casa, who we've not really seen as much of yet. But, um, Dimi, how do you feel about Sadiku staying till the end of the season? Because me, um, me and Chris spoke a little bit about Sadiku last week. So what are your thoughts on Sadiku? Well, the first thing is, it's very happy to have some players... Um, for the upcoming month, at least, to enter the competition. But it will be even greater if he extends his contract for another season, so they can build on a, a better team for next season, and hopefully we can promote again towards the Primera División. Yeah, I, I think that's 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 uh, because he told he said he wanted to to extend his contract with them one more year or be being taken over because he's on loan now to Malaga. Uh, but it depends on the plan that Malaga has got for next year. But I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm very worried because a lot of players, all the players we just named, are walking out the door for free because they're mm-hmm. or uh, on loan or their contract ends. So um, it's like Mikel, uh, Mikel, 
Villanueva is uh, walking out the door. He, he he already said he wasn't going to uh, to stay. His contract ends uh, end of June, and then uh, he walks out the door for free. Um, yeah, which is a shame when you've seen so many other professionals at the well, professionals and non-professionals at the club um, commit to stay in. Uh, another thing that was actually mentioned in the Munez in the Jose Maria Munez uh, press conference was the idea of um, season ticket holders, because uh, obviously, as a season ticket holder, I think there's six home games left. It's either five or six. I think I've got six in my head, um, and. You know, it seems like um, as season ticket holders are not going to get their money back, which for me is, I think we'll speak about this in a bit more detail, but for me that's, that's fine in my circumstance. I, I'd rather help the club and I, I well, I know I know we spoke about this short, um, short time ago, Chris, and what are your thoughts on the season ticket holders? Maybe, because it's not confirmed, I don't think, is it? No, uh, but he said he Malaga doesn't have the money uh, to compromise every fan for the remaining games financially. Um, so what we're asked uh, on the Facebook page today of Giricast is to all our listeners, followers, uh, fans, uh, is to don't accept any financial uh, compromise of the club. And I know it's hard. If you if you really need the money because you don't have work, you don't have money for food or or, or money for living or or, or or any of those things, you should you should accept it. But if you can take the loss, then 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 please do because it it will be saving the club eventually. I think. Yeah, this is um this is not just a. Well, it, it's probably a bigger problem at Malaga because of the financial situation there. But this is probably a a problem across all of football, across all of Europe at the moment. Because I know it is. Um, I know with Swansea, for example. I know some of my Swansea friends are in the same predicament now, where they've been offered. Um, I think they've been offered other perks and other things instead of getting their money back. And I know a few of my friends are going to take that. Um, what about the Feyenoord, Dini? What, what's the situation there? Um, <clears throat> they did it a few weeks ago already. Um, for last season, you can choose to, between two things. And uh, the first thing was um, you can leave your money at the club. So for your season ticket holder, the money for that will be at the club for yeah, okay. uh, pay costs for uh, the staff inside the club. The other option was for uh, refunding your money, but then in a way of a uh, coupon for in the fan shop. So uh, like for the last few games of the season, you will get a coupon for a price. And then you can buy some uh, yeah new T-shirts from from the club or something like that. Yeah, yeah. but let's say let's say one thing. Let's say uh, Malaga will do that. Give coupons for the for the next shirt or or give uh, I don't know a sit, uh, give give a discount. Um, then next season Malaga will have the same problem again. Yeah, I, this is my, my. It is, but also the next thing is. Um, I received an email two weeks ago for my new season ticket holder at Feyenoord and the first thing was I got uh, two solutions and the first one was uh, full support so I buy my new season ticket around 300 euros and um, when there is no much to visit this year I don't get my money back and with the regular one um, I get at least 80% of my 
300 euros, I will get that back. So it's, yeah, still we can look in somebody else's wallet and how money, uh, how much money they have to spend. But for every club in all of Europe, it's, it's a very, very difficult situation because no one yeah, predicted the yeah. coronavirus and how to act with it. Yeah, for me, those like I agree with what Chris said. If 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 Malaga was in a a more sound financial situation, I think there should be offers of some sort of reward or coupons or whatever. But I appreciate at the moment that that is not possible. My other take from this though is if some knight in shining armor was to come in and buy the club and just suddenly save it because they think, oh, what you know, what a brilliant investment this club could be then those people that made that sacrifice should get something further down the line. I don't know, you know, we could be 10 years away from that sort of saviour, but it'd be nice to think it would be remembered and, you know, rewarded in some way. If it doesn't happen, I won't lose sleep over it, but that would be my my take, really. There, there been several... I, yeah, you go, Stephen. Go on, All right. Honestly, I'm not in season ticket order of Malaga, um, but when I was and I had the money to spend, I will definitely give the club the money for. I know the financial situation the club is in right now, and I will make it work to let them keeping them the money to save many jobs at the club as right now and paying players even. Yeah. Um. <clears throat> one last thing to maybe uh, talk about. Uh, you know, talking about the future again is um, the last bit of news is this idea of uh, Malaga are going to rebuild their academy stadium completely? Uh, or is not, it... not rebuild. We never had an academy, yeah. a, a good academy. So we're building one. Uh, we were supposed to build one two, three years ago. But I think Otani spent all the Malaga Foundation money. Uh, but they're starting to actually... Uh, the construction will start in... June, end of June, or beginning of July. Yeah, but is that the, because I know when you go into Malaga, there's like an abandoned site, <clears> and <throat> I think there's a couple of, like, I don't know, not even buildings, more, more like stands built, and I think they just abandoned it. I think it's on the same site, isn't it, and they're, they're just going to start that I, project again. I think it's between um, Dora Molinos and Malaga. Yeah, it is Malaga, but it's uh, near the near yeah. the sea. Yeah. Okay, but that's a a positive, especially where you know the future is looking not particularly bright at the moment in Malaga. I think the, I think that's the most important step to become a, a really a, re, a real professional football club to have an academy. Yeah, Chris, I got a question for you. Yes. For the new, <coughs> new the academy they are gonna build. Academy. Has it academy has it a view of the La Rosaleda? No. no, that's a sad. bummer because still then for youth players, and they have a view on the stadium, they all gonna say, yep. "All right, the next time I wanna play is over yep. there." Yeah, but there's just no space yes. near the stadium. Enough. It's ah. right on the. It's right on the outskirts. Outskirts of the stadium the, yes. where they're gonna build it. But I agree, um, Dimmy, because I know, for example, and go into what you've just said previously, Chris. Uh, Swansea, when they got relegated from the Premier League, they hit maybe not as dire a financial problem as Malaga, but they had lots of issues. But the thing that saved Swansea 
was that we had already, when we were in the Premier League, had started building a good academy. And again, like Dimmy said, the academy is right by the stadium. But we, as soon as we got relegated, we were sort of like, well, we can't buy any players, but let's start playing these kids we've been training for years. And then there's people like Ollie McBurney and Dan James, and uh, we've got Joe Roden at the moment, who have got a big price tag on their head, and that's making the finances going up. But then, you know, the other kids in the academy are seeing those players and going, oh, they're playing, maybe I can play. And yeah, I think it's a good mm-hmm. a good starting point. Um, so, but we... still then, when um, the judge says for sees the, um, the stuff from Altani, they can seize his spot also then in the harbour. And they can build over there in the new academy, right? Yeah, but he doesn't have a spot in the harbour. No, that is the problem. He doesn't. He, doesn't <laughs> he, he wanted it, but he, he doesn't owe anything in Spain. So, and I always also heard today, if yesterday I was listening to Sport Direct Radio, and um, they asked somebody if it was possible to seize uh, uh, the house he he put in in this burglary. Bar- burglary. How do you call that, uh, Matt? I don't know, sorry. <laughs> uh, the house in Doha, he put, uh, he added to the to the plan in Qatar. Okay. That it was uh, almost impossible. It was impossible for um, Spanish government uh, to seize that from him. Okay. Uh, shall I shall I uh, go through the the last uh, things very quick that uh, our uh, juridical administrator talked about? Go for it. Uh, the shareholders meeting, the show, the shareholders meeting, which was planned but cancelled because COVID nineteen will take place when the government gives it's okay. Uh, the Malaga Foundation, he decided to take control over the Malaga Foundation and named three new CEOs and took away any power there was from the old foundation CEOs. Um, offers, he also mentioned that Malaga received or he received several offers of people and companies who were willing to buy Malaga CF, but that that doesn't, that it isn't up to him, but it is up to Altani because he owns the club, because he has the 51% of the rights of Malaga. Um, and about the financial crisis, he said he was uh, working hard to try everything uh, in his power to get Malaga uh, financially healthy but it was going to be a very difficult time um, in Segunda. And he hopes, he really hopes that Malaga will play in Segunda next year because if we descend to Segunda Bay, it will be almost impossible. But he's willing and he's wanting to stay if we're descending to Segunda Bay because he truly believes he can get us out of here, out of this bad situation. Um, that's actually all the things he talked about. <coughs> Excellent stuff. But the yeah. thing is, on the point for, he, he has 51%, right? And he's saying now, and I think it's not for the first time, um, it, I think it's it's a it's hundred times now, he's saying that other buyers will buy the club. It's, it's a fake story. He makes up every time. Mm, he, but Otani is saying that he doesn't want to uh, to sell. He's not willing to sell. Because he still thinks in his crazy mind that he, he Palotelli will come next season to play for Malaga, and that Isco <laughs> will come back, and 
and and that and Okazaki. Uh, we we will play uh, Okazaki will <laughs> yeah. come and we will play Europe League, Europe League uh, next season, but it's impossible because we we don't have any money. We're we're at the point of bankruptcy. Anyway, right. While while we mention Okazaki, that seems like a good time to go into our next section. We're not going to sing the Okazaki song. Don't worry. Um, but yeah, we'll move away from the off-the-pitch problems and off-the-pitch news and look forward to, because we actually have some forward to look for, um, sorry, some football to look forward to this weekend. So we shall move into talking about that next. <laughs> Okay, on to the part I've been looking forward to most, talking about actual football. So at 7.30pm this Friday, Malaga returned to a very, very strange La Rosa later. Uh, it's going to be empty as it's going to be across all of La Liga, Primera, Segunda and I'm sure you're all aware, across pretty much all of Europe and well, a lot of the world as well. Um so I suppose that's a good place to start. Chris, do you think this empty stadium is going to have an impact on Malaga? Does it make no difference? You know, what, what do you think about that? I think it uh, is making a difference. I'm, I'm so happy football is coming back. I was already looking for the song, It's Coming Home. <laughs> well, you know, no, 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 no. You, you've got a Welsh host here. We don't sing that here. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I, I was going to play it, but I couldn't find it so quick. Oh, so, cool. um, I, I think it's strange times because you will play in an empty stadium, and I don't know. I, I saw the first game. Uh, what was it? Borussia Dortmund against. Uh, yeah, yeah. Let's say I just hope they add 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 voice uh, mm. uh, voice of the crowd or something through the speakers or. Yeah, I really think it flattens quite a big advantage for Malaga because I think one of the you know the things that goes Malaga way is it it has that awesome stadium. Um, their home form is generally good, although there's not you know a hundred you know they're not they're not winning all their games, but there's not many losses there. Uh, I think a lot of teams go there and are a little bit you know in awe of it. Maybe maybe if Malaga didn't have that stadium, some of those draws would have been losses. I know quite a lot of managers have spoke about after games. I remember uh, Pacheta at Elche. He, when we drew three three in that crazy game, he said he spoke about the Malaga fans in the stadium and said that you know it really sort of it was a bit of a wow factor. And now that is completely gone. Um, and again, it's it's you could argue it's not a Malaga problem. It's going to be. A European football problem. I know in the Bundesliga, the away wins of, you know, people are winning away from home a lot more maybe than they used to in this, you know, it's a short collection of evidence we've got so far, but it's certainly flattened a bit. What about you, Dimi? Have you got any thoughts on empty football stadiums and, you know, how to use them? Or It's hard to see. <clears throat> I watched also the game from um, Dortmund. And on the Fox Sports channel I have, we can switch between two channels and one with, with the fake sound and the other one with, with no sound. And damn, it's, it's, 
it's really hard to to watch football right now because no sound of the fans and uh, meeting with friends around the stadium. That yeah, it's a really sad thing right now. I, I I'm I'm going to steal a point from another podcast here because um, earlier today I was listening to the Spanish football podcast and uh, Sid Lowe, who's the Guardian's main uh, columnist about Spanish football, uh, who speaks very well about Spanish football. He made an interesting point, actually. I've only just remembered about this. Um, uh, like the fan experience in Spain, in, well, not a fan experience, sorry. Let me word that differently. The way fans are treated in Spain is perhaps not as good as other countries in regards of kickoff times and then they change the kickoff time last last minute and it can be you know it can mess up they can mess about with Spanish football fans quite a lot but he, he made the point saying that maybe now we have empty stadiums the the powers above will see that oh you know fans are important maybe we should we should treat them better in the future so I just thought that was quite an interesting point and it's it's awful how fans in Spain get treated. Really, it's it's like like they're animals who they're only there to pay. Yeah, and, and I remember my first match of of Malaga was against with Sevilla with Chris and with another friend. And the first time we went on Friday, and the first planning was I think it was on Sunday, Chris. The first time the match. Uh, no, it was on Saturday. Saturday, and, and they, they posted. They... Yeah, they posted yeah. till yeah. Monday evening. So if we didn't have uh, our flight tickets until Tuesday morning, yeah, we're going to miss, miss the game. And yeah. we fly over from Holland to Spain to watch Malaga playing against Sevilla. So. I've, heard, um, I've heard not just Malaga. I know, like I said last week, I used to do a lot of uh, ground hopping. I know a lot of my friends have gone to watch Spanish football in different cities across Spain and they've booked their flights from like the UK and things like that and um and they've not realized beforehand how how crap the situation is in Spain in regards to fan experience and they've booked flights and exactly like you've just said they go for the weekend so they book a Sunday night or a Monday and then the games move to a Monday and it's um so yeah there could be a positive there as well it, it, it happened it happened to me like 8 years ago or something we were supposed to go to Malaga Villarreal and uh, I went with four friends, and they never went to a Malaga game, never went been to Malaga at all. And uh, we got there on, I don't remember, Monday, I think. And we would leave on Monday again. Yeah. A week. And uh, we, we went for the game, but we thought, well, now that we're here. <laughs> so uh, we bought tickets, we, everything was set, and then they changed the, the game to Monday night. And we were leaving, supposed to leave Monday morning. So we wasted like 400 euros per person with flights and hotels yeah. for nothing. So it's it's awful. It's really awful. And I suppose that's the other worrying thing here, isn't it? Where um, they, they've got rid of the Monday night game this season, haven't they? The, they finally agreed to get rid of it. But now, yes. now that football's going to be played every night in this weird sort of 30 day or 30 day I can't say it, 30 day league um or I think it's 32 days maybe then maybe they'll say oh well you know maybe we'll go back to playing on a Monday but, night now. but imagine that 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 your club plays for the first time the cup final yeah and and it's held in on, on the other side of the world 
Yeah, well, the I can speak for the Copa del Rey. They've um, they've just completely postponed it, haven't they? Because uh, Real Sociedad and Athletic have said they want to play it with fans because it's such a historic final. Because obviously it's yes. an old Basque final, and they've said we don't care about European qualification. If we have to play it in a year's time, just let us have yeah. our final with fans. Which I thought, and it sounds like the. You know the Spanish FA have let them do that, which is surprisingly good of them, I think. Um, let's go on to actual football then. We've talked about empty stadiums and Geistspieler. Actually, do you, do you have a Dutch word for these these games? Because in Germany they're called Geistspielers, which is ghost games. Do you have a word for these games with no fans? Because we they don't know. play in Holland right now. The Eredivisie is shut down, and they're gonna play in oh, September. Of yeah, yeah, the new of course, competition. Yeah. Of course, yeah. So you don't have it. No, because in England, we don't really have a name for them or in Britain. Um, I was just wondering. I don't know if there's a Spanish name for them, actually. Just empty stadiums, I suppose, is there? Um, if you think of a name for them, Chris, let us know. <laughs> um, uh, I don't know, but um, <laughs> let me say one thing about footballs coming back. Um, it goes like no, this. No, don't, don't, don't. <laughs> no, don't. It's coming, football's coming home. Okay, I'll, I'll end it right there. I'm very excited to end this uh, league, yeah. but also afraid because Malaga is in a good position. Everybody's looking up, but we're only in place 15th right yeah. now, placed 15th right now. So we also have to look down and it's scary to look down because I don't want to go to Segunda Bay. <laughs> no, I don't think anyone does. Do um, yeah, we should talk about that because it's funny you say we should be looking down because obviously the last game of football I went to was the Zaragoza game where we lost 1-0 in very unlucky fashion, actually. I thought Malaga were far the better team and let it go at the end and lost 1-0. But at that game, everyone was like, if we win this, you know, playoffs are on. And it was, and then you lose a game and, yeah, you're right, Chris, it feels like we're looking down again because that league is crazily tight in the middle. It's so, everyone's... Yes, uh, but go on, sorry. I think it's more important to look down than yeah. to look up. I agree. Why do you say that, Chris? Why is it more important? I agree with you, but why, why do you think? Uh, because we can't afford to 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 go to Segunda Bay, <laughs> and besides, Malaga is a club with so many fans. It's 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 a Primera División club. It's not a Segunda club, and and definitely not a Segunda Bay club. Yeah, and we've just talked about losing fans in the stadium. But another issue that might be on the horizon for Malaga is players on the pitch as well. We've got a little bit of a an injury crisis developing. Well, I don't know if we're at crisis level yet, but it, it could get there. We've got such a small squad, uh, and correct me if I'm wrong with any of these, but when I looked in at the start of the week, I know Aaron Niguez has got an injury, Danny Pacheco, Ben Camasa, Bularud, Ramon Enriquez, uh, Luis Hernandez. Uh, I think Tete and Buena Casa have had injuries and have just come back. Yes. Um, 
yeah. <laughs> I, I, I should be honest that the I'm happy. Is, is long I'm, right now. I'm happy that Pula Root and Benke Mas are on that list. <laughs> to be honest. Yeah. It's but a, yeah, for the rest, it's it's awful, and I I hope because it's difficult because until now Malaga can only play with three uh, youth players correct. with no professional contracts. So. Yes, we've not talked about this actually, but the club have appealed against this, haven't they? I think Munez and Manolo Gaspar have asked the league to let, you know, not just Malaga, I believe, just across the league to say, can we scrap this? You have to have seven professionals on the on the pitch rule because, well, I don't know what will happen if they say it's going to stay because Malaga are in, they were in trouble at the start of the season with this rule, weren't them? I think I mentioned the Cadiz game last week where it didn't look like they had enough players, but now they're going to be playing uh, every three games, or every three days, sorry, a game every three days. It's going to be crazy. So, um, Dimi, as a football coach, how, you know, what, what can that do to a, you know, a team of 18 players or a squad of 18 players being forced to play every three or four games? You know, is 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 it is it possible? Um, and I speak from my um, perspective on this right now. Um, last season, I coached a uh, youth team, and it was under 14s. And we trained th- three days uh, a week, and then on Saturday we have our match. But even then, for a lots of practice, and yeah, sometimes we played in uh, a pre-match on Wednesday, and still then players. At that age, even got injuries for small things like with the hip or with uh, their ankles and something like that. So players are under age, so it yeah, it, it's crazy for players to play uh, yeah in three days another match. It, it it will tear them up. Yeah, and like it you will, said, sorry, if more players will get injured, and I think. If they're going to do the, the 30, 32 days competition right now, where they are planning for, I think um, in two weeks, uh, Malaga will have uh, elf youth players on the pitch. Well, I was just about to say, maybe you can see if any of those under-14 players want to come over and play a few games. <laughs> <laughs> I can fly over whenever they need me. Well, when we've been in lockdown here in Spain, because obviously it's been very strict here, um, I've been trying to find things to keep me entertained. So I've been, um, I think I put a video on Twitter and Facebook of me trying to get to 30 keepy uppies with a toilet roll. And I thought, if Malaga see this video, I'm, I'm, I, c- I could be in with a chance. But, um, but we're... Matt, I'm going to be honest with you. Um, since the coronavirus and we've got some restrictions, not even that hard as in Spain, uh, but still then I get some uh, corona kilos, I name them that yeah. way. I like that. And it's around, yeah, four or five kilos of corona, thanks <laughs> to the coronavirus. Yeah, that's the so, other thing, isn't it? Where you say, um, if you were to ask players to play all these games in such a short space of time, in normal conditions, it'd be tough. But these players have been locked in their you know, flats. And I know they've all had sort of workout gear and they would have been keeping a certain extent of fitness, but it's obviously not going to be as intense as as football and and the other thing is well I thought about this the other day about like Spain itself a lot of maybe like teams in the same league as Malaga the way Spain is set up there's like I you know I'm I live in a, a one bedroom apartment um 
because but it's really small and you know because every like spanish people live on the street don't they they they, they just sleep in their house they eat in, mm-hmm. but, well they don't even eat in their house they you know everyone's outside so a lot of those players were being locked behind the door in quite a small space for well, it was, it was pretty much two months, wasn't it? So it'd be interesting and, to see and, what. And the thing also is, normally, um, <clears throat> um, I'm gonna do. I'm gonna be assistant trainer next year for under twenty three, and normally we have an um, yeah the pre schedule for the season is around eight weeks for to prepare them for the competition, and um, now they have at least one week, one week and a half to. Uh, get everybody fit, uh, but that don't, it's not going to work out because um, on the trainings now they are very limited to train yeah. at the pitch. And upcoming this Friday, the, the tension between training and having a football match it's it's ridiculous high. So and actually, it will be crazy. You say about training. I know Malaga even had an issue on the weekend, I believe, where. They had to cut a training session short because there just wasn't enough players to do certain drills, and I think there was fitness issues. So they just they were playing. To... A, they were playing a little match. That's uh... true. Yeah. Um, we'll we'll go on to talking a bit about the Malaga team and how they might set up. Then Chris, and then I know Dimi. We've sort of got you to watch a Huesca game, but we'll stick with the home team first. Uh, Malaga, do. You, what do you expect to see out of Malaga on Friday? Any surprises or a, a typical Pelissier team? I think a typical Pelissier team. Mm-hmm. That's what I think. Yeah, because I think I mentioned... <laughs> no, I think there was an article on one of the Malaga news things the other day about uh, Munez and Barre, um, how they're sort of they're sort of the same player, they play in the same role. And when Barre was injured... Obviously, Munez came in, and like I think we said last week, Munez has been brilliant when he's been called upon. But also, Barre's been great as well before Munez came in and sort of took took his place in a way. Um, so it'll be interesting to see if those two play together. Um, and I think I don't. We didn't speak about this on last week's podcast, Chris, but I think it did come up in a conversation we had. I seem to remember when we were talking about Pelissier, one of I don't know, you didn't criticise him, but one of the points you made about him you didn't quite like was that he doesn't play uh, Kifu or Sifu enough. Um, yes. Okay, well, what, what, what was your thoughts on that? Because I, I was going to ask you about this. I was thinking about that. I think he plays too defensive uh, because Sifu is a player who likes to to to, to join the attack does, and yeah. is always very dangerous. Um and with uh, the other guy, I can't remember his name at the moment. I'm Casas. very sorry. Casas. Yes, uh, Ismail Casas. He's uh, he's a defensive, really defensive, defensive player who stays uh, uh, at his position, and uh, Sifu likes to come up. So, but you see, I, 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 I think Sifu deserves a place in the in the team always. You see, because I disagree with you here. Because I really like Sifu as well. And I think, actually, where I stand with the Giri army, I always get the impression that Sifu's probably a lot of people up there's favourite player, just from the way they talk about him. But I think Casas, since he's come in, has been outstanding. And I sort of feel, well, we were starting to win games. You might be right. No, sorry. You are right. I think he is more defensive than Sifu. But I think a 
if the team is set up so well, I would stick with Casas because I feel like on the left side with our left back Juanca is he's very attacking. So I sort of think it brings a nice balance. But I don't know. You might be right. Maybe in a home game we should be going for it um, more. Um, go on, sorry. I'm a I'm a big uh, uh, Shifu fan. Uh, also, it has to do with uh, uh, the season, last season. Um, I think that's where he stole everybody's heart by crying like a little kid when uh, yeah. they uh, lost against uh, Deportivo. Um, so yeah, I, but I think I think because Casas is very young still, he has yeah. a great future ahead of him. But I think at this moment we need a a, a skilled and a player with 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 uh, how do you call that? With attacking, a lot of um, attacking verve. <laughs> who played a lot of games? Experienced. Experienced. Uh, we need a very experienced player like uh, Shifu at this spot in and the defense because the defense is our power. And then one last question about the Malaga team. Then before we go on to um, our new Huesca expert. <laughs> um, <laughs> Uh, Heat Jam, do you want to see Heat Jam play? Because I do. I think he'll be good. I, I've, I've got a feeling he's going to be our best player in the next month. I don't know why. There's no logic behind it. But I know we spoke about him last week. Would you be happy to see him in the start in 11? I'm happy to see any Malaga player, to be honest. <laughs> yeah. But uh, Any football no, not, player. <laughs> not, not, not Heat Jam. Okay, all right, okay. Um, we spoke about him quite a bit last week. I seem to remember you not you you felt he was a bit of a a Juanpi not playing a last ball well enough, if I remember rightly. But I don't know. I I, I there's something about him. I don't know what it is, but I, I've just got a feeling about him, um, and I can't really explain it. But I think he's going to be really really good in the next few weeks. But we'll, we'll I hope he proves me wrong. Yeah, me too. <laughs> um, so moving on to our opponent, uh, Huesca, who. When we played uh, back in October, if I remember rightly, we, we lost 2-0 in what I'd say was it was when things were particularly bad, I remember. I think it was the week before we played Cadiz and it all felt very downbeat. Uh, Dimi, you watched Huesca's last game for us. Um, should we be downbeat and worried about this team or, you know, does it matter because yes, it was I three did. months ago? I did and... Um... I watched the whole game um, from Huesca against um, Fuen Labrada. And correct me, Chris, if my Spanish is bad. <laughs> oh, it's all right. It's very right. All right. <clears throat> um, let's start with the thing is, um, everybody is saying that Huesca is playing on a bell position. And they really do. But the other thing is, what Huesca really wants is uh, when Malaga um, is in the building phase, from the defense to the midfield and from the midfield to the attack, is they are really searching for a mistake the opponent is making. Mm-hmm. And when that's happening, in three or four, uh, three or four uh, ball kicks, they are in the other uh, 16 of the opponent and they, they, yeah, they finish it up. So they were, Their first they goal, it was, it was really quick. They... Uh, Fuen Labrada, they made they made a mistake in building up phase, and it was three ball touches, and the the ball was inside the goal. It's okay. it's they are very fast on the counter uh, yeah. playing, and yeah, 
Okay. That's, that's, that's the main weapon from Ureska. Yeah, because, and actually, that would be something, um, I suppose, not, you know, across all of Europe, a counter-attacking team. It's perhaps one you would bring to an away game a little bit more, but, I suppose, you know, what it does an away game even matter anymore, but who knows. And um, they, they also have a, a fairly newish manager as well. I think Michel's only been there um, maybe just over a month before the lockdown. I think he'd taken just a handful of games. But the worrying thing was that in the last four games before we had this lockdown, uh, Okazaki got four goals in four days. So I, I definitely, you know, I definitely don't want to be singing the Okazaki song on, on Friday night. Um, I'm a bit, you know, it, I don't know if it happened so much in Spain, but certainly in, in Britain, the whole, you know, coming back to haunt your old club is, is a thing. Um, how do, uh, what are your thoughts on Huesca, Chris? Because uh, you, have, have you got anything to add about them or anything you'd like to talk about? Uh, yes, I do. Because I'm very Please. optimistic. <laughs> uh, I, I think we're going to win. I am also. <laughs> let, me, let me point that out. I think we're going to win. Okay. And you know why? Because I have several reasons to uh, why, why we're going to win. I... I investigated a bit uh, both teams and there are a few good facts that uh, are good for Malaga let's start by uh, a little facts about last game between both teams Malaga received three yellow cards and uh, Adrian had to leave the field with the red card Uh, so that was in October Uh, but a fun fact let me start with that is that Malaga is much better in the second half season half than uh, Wesca has been so far. Based on only the second season half, Malaga would be in the sixth position with 16 points and Wesca would be in the ninth position with 15 points. So it's close, but it's a point and uh, yeah, one point uh, makes the difference. There's also one uh, thing we, we don't need to worry about. But the that? penalty kicks. Ah, yes. You said, go on, what was your stat about penalty t- uh, kicks, Dimi? Yeah, they, they, their last game they play against Funer Labrada, <clears throat> they missed both penalties. And also, still, and, and we uh, missed none. Yeah, I was about to say, if one thing Malaga still, are exceptional at is scoring penalties. <laughs> so we can give them a few penalties and they give us a few penalties and we score them and they don't. The only issue with that is is that all of Spain's been in lockdown and there's not much to do. The only thing you can do is maybe try and kick <laughs> a ball into some sort of target. So, all right. so then, everyone's then been Then we putting. don't give them penalties. <laughs> Go on, Chris. What else was you going to uh, add? Uh, an- another fun fact uh, is that uh, Wesca is uh, in the fourth position, but uh, they only gained 12 points in away games. Uh, until yeah, until now in the season, uh, which makes them the second worst away team this season so far. Do you know what I know? But they are the best home team. Speaking but about we a... played them on, Chris, already in their stadium, so I think we 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 are going to win. Yeah, that's, it's funny you mentioned about the away team thing because I was, I don't know I I saw this. A couple of weeks ago, and I don't know, I only remembered earlier today, but like away wins in 
this league are very rare in general. Everyone's got quite a low amount of away wins. So, again, this whole empty stadium thing might even that out a little bit. But, um, well, yeah, tell you what, then we'll go into you've, you've said we're going to win. And I'm never really a big fan of score predictions, but I know people love a score prediction. So but, we'll go but there's, with it. There, there, there is more. I, I, I wasn't done yet because oh, there's top, top scorer, Okazaki. Strange, but because we did talk about that last week, yeah, and we yeah. all both said he isn't a great scorer, but he's their top scorer. So, Correct, yeah. uh, made eight goals, and our did ten or nine, I believe. Ten, yes, yeah, which is Sadiku. Um, so yeah, I think we're an advantage. And besides, uh, Malaga came, gained uh, twenty-two points in home games this season. And we, and we, for us, we started the season late, but we're going to win this. I'm, I'm, I, I feel, I feel optimistic about this. Okay, that's good because usually, like, I'm, I'm generally an optimistic football fan, and even when Malaga were at, um, at the low ebb earlier in the season, when we'd get the car back home, when we were driving down the road, I'd always try to find positives, and I'd always say, "Crampy's not that bad," and I'd always be positive. But I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm not. I'm, I'm not saying I think we're going to lose, but I'm still not quite... I think this whole injury thing has worried me a bit, and then I'm worried about what's going to happen in the coming weeks. But, yeah, you know, it's the first time we've done a preview podcast, so, you know, I'll, I'll try and be optimistic too. I'm going to say 6-0 Malaga. <laughs> not really. I'm not really saying 6-0. I haven't gone mad. What, what we say? I, I, I'm going to go 2-1 Malaga. What, what about you, Chris? Oh, I, I I was going with a two-one Malaga as well. Okay, and Demi, what do you Dim- think? I I'm, oh. I'm uh, let, let me start by saying I'm very excited because we have like this group page, and Demi said I will, I I, I will surprise you with my uh, prediction. So I I I'm waiting all day for the for Demi's prediction. <laughs> all right, oh yeah, go on, Demi. Um, I'm saying a three-one prediction. Okay. Um, cause of that. Um, Okazaki is their uh, top scorer right now, and he's still in love with Malaga because of the mm-hmm. Malaga song, yeah. of the Okazaki song. So he will, he will making a header in his own goal. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. really, if I'm getting this right, yeah. the 3-1 and Okazaki is scoring an own goal. And I'll give you all, yeah. And when he scores, apple pie or, or something else. And when he scores the own goal, he runs to the corner and starts going, Okazaki, Okazaki. <laughs> that will be fun. <laughs> um, but, but, let, shall we go through what uh, our followers Yeah, uh, let's, let's just have a handful because we haven't got too much time left. So give us just a handful of the general gist. Okay, Marcus Hoer. I'm not, I don't know if I'm saying it right. Correct me if I, I didn't say it right. Send us a message. Uh, said, I'm going optimistic, 3-1, like Dimi. Uh, Laney Hoer said, uh, I'm hoping for a 2-1 win. Uh, Lee Morton said, looking forward to it, both the podcast and the game. Well, that's nice. Hoping it will be streamed somewhere. Uh, I asked him for a prediction. And let me say... He goes with a 1-0. And we have Lars Hiller. He said, Wiska, not easy. A 1-1. Okay, so generally generally positive across the board there, which is which is good to hear. Everyone's excited for 
football to be back. And I think that's, again, like I did last week before uh, Chris tried to turn a negative and started trying to talk about Ben Kamasa and Boularud. We'll try and end on those positives, I think. So, um, once again, thank you for listening. Um, thank you for being here again, Chris, and offering all your expertise on, on all things Altani. <laughs> And, and, uh, and we will we will talk next week again. Yeah, and thank you, Dimmy, for making your debut. How did you find your debut, Dimmy? It was great to have my debut, and uh, I'm looking forward to next week. Yeah. And also looking forward next Friday, upcoming Friday. Excellent stuff. So we will leave it there. Um, thank you for listening. Adios and vamos, Malaga. Yeah.